Hello, and welcome to this audio program brought to you by the first Batcast. Please like, please subscribe, and please share. Now, enjoy the program. Amy, if you just say something. Hello, I'm eating my mango. <laughs> Perfect. I might just edit that in at some point, just as random points. Just because I think it's wicked. So, hey everybody, and welcome back to issue number two of the first Batcast. With me today are Lisa. Hello. Hannah. Hi. And Amy. Hi. And we've got a pretty packed show, um, and we're going to talk about a lot of different things and chat about a few things, but Hannah is going to talk about the film Me Before You, uh, and Hannah also wants to talk about how she'd do Harry Potter differently. And Elise wants to talk about banning helium in Worcester city centre, which is just random. And also, Elise wants to know is why are there so many silver cars? We've got a Tom Hiddleston news update because we all love Tom. All of us love Tom. I'm going to talk about some epic skydiving scenes because if you didn't know, Hannah is doing a charity skydiving uh, event shortly. So we thought about doing that because unfortunately we're supposed to do it this weekend but it was cancelled so we thought we'd talk about some epic moments of skydiving and um, we're going to try and post the Just Giving page so if you want to help out it is for charity that Hannah's doing this jump so it'd be really great to give us some support and then also I just want to quickly mention um, that I'll talk a little bit about Voltron which is a new series on Netflix so let's start with um, Banning helium in Worcester <laughs> City Centre, Lisa. What what on earth is going on? Oh, it's a bit deflating, to be honest, James. Oh, oh, oh. get all the puns in now. Oh, no. <laughs> Hannah loves a pun. She sat there. She sat there. I see she's thinking of them as we go. Uh, yeah, it was a story on the Guardian website this morning that Worcester City Council are going to ban um, the use of helium balloons in city centres and parks and recreations, um, and impose fines on them. Um, Luckily, the councillor councillor um, did uh, make a sensible suggestion that they were unable to ban people in their own homes and gardens using them because that would be completely unforceful. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was just uh, one of those stupid stories that that made me think. Surely we've got more more important things to to worry about than um, banning the use of helium balloons. But it's a bit of a letdown. Hey. 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 <laughs> it's, it's interesting because. Just for all fact fans out there, helium is an element and it's a finite resource in the universe. I'm sure there was a sensible reason for the ban, but I didn't go. I didn't read the story that far to care, to be honest. They make a mess because people let them go and they get caught in bushes and power lines. But then it's babies normally that let them go. You can't arrest babies. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to know how they're actually going to enforce the fines. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I... Yeah, well, are they going to have it? like special constables walking around the high helium street just yeah, helium police yeah. or is it to do with the fact that people are actually like using helium so if the he- inhaling what, helium what, I don't know we need to read we need to obviously can you get, research can you get further. high from inhaling helium apparently yes yeah I know because isn't it the source of like laughing gas or is that no, something completely nitrous. different Nit- nitrous oxide yeah. we've got a <laughs> science whiz I know what elements so we're going to call you Heisenberg from now on then, Amy. <laughs> okay, I'll probably not for this now. Oh, I was going to ask Can you to Can we cite the periodic table, table yeah? Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's too late. 
Um, yeah, it seems like an odd thing to to try and impose. I have mm. to agree. I mean, you know, the council's always busy doing important work and all that. It is random, though, isn't it? Totally, totally random. There's worse random laws, though, isn't there? Like those random ones about being in certain places in America, you can't park a giraffe on the side of the pavement. <laughs> <laughs> Tie navigators to a fire hydrant. That's no, of course not. Work. That's just stupid. I mean, how would you do that? Yeah. Yeah. There's lots. In which states? Do you know which states they're in? I haven't got a clue, but I oh. just remember seeing them. Probably Florida. Florida. So what we need to do is it. we will look up some of these bizarre laws and we will post any bizarre laws on our Facebook page. Yeah. Join yeah, in. Make sure you post them. your own as well. I'm yeah, sure yeah. To... Definitely comment on it. <laughs> just let us know. Is it legal to marry an animal? <laughs> <laughs> you can marry a tree. Probably can somewhere. Well, you can marry a tree. In do you know someone who's thinking about this? No. Yeah, a friend. <laughs> <laughs> your friend again. Is your friend a sloth by any chance? No. Just a friend of a friend. A friend of a friend. <laughs> More of an acquaintance, really. <laughs> um, yeah. So, helium. Wow. From helium, let's go to Hiddleston. Oh, and his bum. <laughs> and his bum, and his bum, we all know that, uh, well, everybody loves his bum, don't we? It's very shakely. Yes. Um, so, um, our missing member, Amber, told me this morning that Tom Hiddleston is apparently seeing Taylor Swift. <gasps> so she's moved on very quickly from Calvin Harris. Apparently, oh, Calvin is not very happy about it either. No, no. Um, he posted something on Twitter, um, the little skull emojis, saying mm. something like, shit's about to go down. Um, oh dear. And uh, people snapshot it and apparently it was quickly removed. Hello, I'm eating my mango. Is she now like the female Kanye West? <laughs> no, because I actually like Taylor Swift. She doesn't claim to kind of own the world and weird things like that. No, but yeah. she does sort of like copyright silly phrases, doesn't she, that's like in normal popular culture. There's yeah. that new story not too long ago, I can't remember what the exact phrase was, but she did try and copyright it. Is she a control freak? See, I, obviously I've just like, yeah, missed all this going on. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. I don't know. I know she got done for supposed copyright with her Shake It Off song. Some guys in America said it was their song. The same thing happened to Ed Sheeran, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. With his song. But have you listened to the two songs? They don't sound alike. <laughs> so what, what do we, is it that to do with the sound? Is that to do with the actual music or is it yeah. lyrics? Um, no, it's the sound. So I think there's... I think it's something like 39 identical um, notes, or I don't know, music, bars, something in the chorus yeah. that are supposedly identical, so they're saying that he must have have stolen it. However, the song, which is um, Matt Cardle, obviously not written by, but it, he features on it, and he's kind of removed himself from it and says he doesn't want anything to do with it, and he respects Ed Sheeran and his music. So it's an interesting one, but it's the, mm. the guy who's uh, doing the case... The solicitor or whatever it is that he is um, was the one that won the one against um, Robin Thicke I think oh, oh yeah because yeah, that was the one with uh, Pharrell no it, it, yeah he did the song with Pharrell didn't he but it's um, artist Marvin Gaye wasn't it it's his family that sued was it yeah because based on it, the, there's a like a little two or three second beat that's lifted oh interesting but it's, I can't remember how much money it's for. It's quite a large sum. Millions. It makes you wonder about sampling then, doesn't it? And will that have a, a future? 
That was Hannah's stomach rumbling, by the way. <laughs> I don't know if you picked that up, but... Uh, no, but the, the best bit, you had to be in the room to see it, was Hannah literally pointing <laughs> at her stomach, very pleased with herself, that her, her stomach decided to say, hi, podcast listeners. Yeah, I'm just hi. glad it didn't come out as a fart. That's why I'm, that's why I'm happy. <laughs> just kind of like, thank you for that. Like, could have been worse. Anyway. So... I got something to tell you about fighting later, but not for the podcast. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> Hello, I'm eating my mango. We talked a little bit at the top of the show around Hannah's going to do a charity skydive, skydiving attempt. So um, I was having to think about some amazing epic skydiving scenes in movies. And let me know if you guys seen these and whether you think they are epic or whether there's something better that you know. So the first one that sort of sprung to mind for me was actually Bane's Escape in The Dark Knight Rises. Oh yeah, that's the only one I've seen, I think. So that's oh yeah, pretty cool. I don't know if it's really, is it really skydiving or is it because he- Well, my other one was gonna be you know, in Godzilla, so it's kind of a similar- I can't believe I've got that one. That's ama- that is a brilliant sequence. I've not seen it. I've not seen it. I've not a great film, actually. I yeah. personally don't think. I wanted to watch it because it's got Brian Cranston in it, and I thought it was quite shit. Uh, yeah. Not worth it. It's boring. It was really disappointing because all the trailers, they just believed that it was going to be basically Heisenberg versus Godzilla. And then an unfortunate event happens, and then Heisenberg disappears. But there has got this epic sequence where they, they, the American military is skydiving the special forces group. And the, visually it's stunning because they've got like these red gas canisters attached yeah, to their like legs. Flares kind of. And ah. it just looks stunning as they're coming visually, in. Visually it's amazing, yeah. But um, yeah, the story. Is it a dinosaur or a gorilla? Dinosaur. <laughs> it's the product of a gorilla and a, and a dinosaur. <laughs> oh my god. Like King Kong. Don't say that, I love all the fanboys going crazy. What is Godzilla? Godzilla's. <laughs> so Godzilla's basically Godzilla. a. The theory goes that he's he's a dormant dinosaur that once the American government were doing nuclear tests in the South Pacific, he's irradiated and grown to a massive size. And then he normally, historically in the 60s films, the Toho ones, he would have been the person who, uh, he would have been the person, he was the creature that attacked Tokyo. So Godzilla, or Gojiro as he's known in uh, Japan, is like a giant reptile. Who, who um, has like this super hot fire breath as well, so he can Ooh. destroy things. The good, the, the one thing that is good in the film though is the good, it, but it doesn't happen enough. Is he does have the epic fight at the end, where it's Godzilla versus the two other creatures, and that is pretty cool. I think I fell asleep by that point. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair enough. Pretty I sure remember I King Kong being the same though, getting really excited to see that. See, like, no, it's, it's too long. Boring. It's is, too long. is it Naomi Campbell? It's, it's like an hour and a half until they no, actually get no, to the No, Naomi Watts. Naomi Watts, that's the Whatever. Naomi Campbell's black, isn't she? Yeah, the supermodel. Yeah. yeah. I don't even know who she is. <laughs> I know she's black. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway. Yeah, King Kong. Sorry, I interrupted you there. No, I'd finish what I was saying. It's fine. Well, funny enough, what they're doing is they're doing another King Kong movie, and then they're going to do Godzilla versus King Kong, which I find quite bizarre, because Godzilla's like... 25 stories high he's ginormous and and King Kong's about will they, 40 feet high it's will like, they not, not even scale comparison. it so that they're the same size well, they're going to have to because otherwise it's just going to be a case of hi dead <laughs> well no because um, King Kong could have like a speed kind of advantage 
Mm. And he's more intelligent. Well, yeah, look at Ant-Man. Ant-Man, very powerful superhero. Ant-Man, who would win out of Ant-Man and, like, the Hulk? That's what we're kind of talking about. Well, it it depends, doesn't it? Because if the Hulk does a sonic clap, then Ant-Man's doomed. (laughs) You have no idea what I'm talking (laughs) about, do you? I do, kind of. What's a sonic clap? So... He does a clap. It's chlamydia, but really bad. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not really to do with gamma radiation. It's all to do it's, with... It's gonorrhea. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Gamma, <laughs> so that's why he's so angry all the time. Yeah. He's itchy. <laughs> um, yeah. Why have I got the itchy and scratchy theme tune playing in my head right now? The show goes to some very strange places very quickly. Yeah. But we are subbing because we're not, as Amy said, there's no Amber this week, so we're not going to get any Robocop love stories no. uh, in this episode. So let's, let's, let's do a bit of a quick film review. And Hannah, you went to see... Oh, we didn't carry on. Should we do some more epic skydiving? Because we do go for a little bit off there. Um, yeah, sure. So we talked about Bane and we talked about Godzilla. Other ones, I really like the skydiving sequence in Captain America Winter Soldier, right at the very start. Not seen it. I've seen it, but I can't remember the scene. And what's really cool about it is that there's got these all these other uh, agents who are about to prepare and board this ship in the middle of the ocean, and unlike everybody else, Cap just jumps out without a parachute straight into the ocean. I like you do. Like you do. Captain America. I've got a good one. Why? Why does he hate Cap? Because he's so good. I don't like him either. He's like, oh, I'm so good. But he's not. He's not. Controversy. Cap haters. On the other side now. I don't get it. I mean, I am Team Iron Man. I just have a thing. I think for me, it's just a Marvel versus DC thing. I think the Marvel is very typical American to me. Everything's sort of got to have a. It's got to have a you know a, a deeper meaning to it, and everyone's there's got to always be a good ending to it, and it's kind of just a bit more of that. I suppose family, not all of it, but family side. Whereas DC tends to be a little bit darker and a bit more maniacs, and that's kind of I think I prefer that. I like yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I do really like Marvel, but I can see a thing for. I think I like Marvel superheroes better than than DC ones. I think if you were to get if you to, if you to name that like the the most famous superheroes in the world, you probably would start with two DC. You'd start with Superman and Batman. They would be probably the first two you names. Would. Superman is a rubbish hero. He might as well have just... <laughs> He's rubbish. Why is he rubbish? He's just like... I get lost, Superman. But it's like, He's not that super. What makes Superman frustrating for a lot of people is he suffers from cap complex. I'm going to call it cap complex now because he's so goody-goody. Basically, like, he shines the apple and gives it to people. But the challenge, of course, <laughs> is that he's so powerful. How can you stop him? Because his power levels Kryptonite. are off the chart. Kryptonite the way, yeah. But <laughs> you take that away, there's no... There's physically, there's very few people who can stop him. I don't like superheroes who save people. Boring. <laughs> <laughs> So you're more of a Punisher you like villains, type. Yeah. I like Deadpool. Oh, I was going to say Deadpool. Deadpool. Deadpool does save people. I mean, he happens to kill a lot of people on route, but he does kill people. Yeah, I I'm probably he's more saving. of like an anti-hero. I like. Yeah. Maybe superheroes just aren't for me. I like V. He's not superhero. Yeah, I like V. V's. V's my man. 
can't believe you didn't come to the Comic Con last year and meet the man himself. Oh, David Lloyd. Man. Absolutely gutted. You lost out there. Love V. Not really a superhero. Anyway. Yeah. So. I really like the skydive in um, Point Break. <laughs> yeah, that is cool. That is cool. Oh, I've got one. Go on in. I don't know whether you've seen it. You've seen The Kingsman. Yeah, yeah. I forgot that's about that. That's one. great. That's yeah. Pretty intense. When you think. Well, what happens? They think. I haven't seen There's about six of them jumping out of the plane, and they get a message in their earpiece to say that one of them's parachute isn't going to open, and how they're going to work together as a team to make sure um, said person isn't going to die. So, it's a bit of a test of uh, personality because everyone just instantly tries their parachutes, and those that do have parachutes working ping straight up. Um, but the good guy, what's his name? good-looking guy. Eggsy. Eggsy is a nice guy, and for the remaining, it's him and another girl left, they assume that one of them doesn't have a working parachute, so they work together and save each other. But as it turned out, they did both have working parachutes. It was a test of who's a nice person. But it's a good film, though. Yeah, it is good. Yeah, I need to see that last yeah. time. On the watch not Marvelly, so it's a bit off. Yeah, topic, Mark Miller. I've got the book somewhere. People want to read it. It's a good read. I hope my skydive means that I'll, I hope I have a parachute. Yeah, at least. Yeah. Kind of, that's what you signed up for, right? Yeah. <laughs> parachute yeah. jump, yeah. Not a... When you get there, there, there's the guys and they're all stood there and they're pulling the parachutes out of the bags and they're checking them and it's pretty nerve-wracking. You're just reliant on this one guy's intelligence, aren't you? Yeah, exact, exactly. And then you, yeah, you... He's not had a bad day or got to come in with a hangover or a grudge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, so I went through to the briefing and um, they've got... Um, obviously the bag that it's all in so they have their first parachute which is the one that they pull out and they hope will work and then they've got the other one so that's the reserve but also in their um, in their backpack there's a computer so if you're actually going too fast then and so say like the skydive person gets knocked out or whatever this one comes out automatically because ah. it can sense that you're falling too quickly so it mm. pulls pulls out anyway so it should be fairly foolproof yeah. Yeah, it's very safe. Yeah, I hope so. I'm glad you're doing it, and I'm not. I'm pretty terrified when I got through to the briefing, and we had to do all the positions. Um, yeah, pretty terrifying. Anyway, that's cool though. Really cool. I mean, a couple of others that I thought of. One of them's not technically a parachute, but I still think it's really cool. Is in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, where there is no parachute, so they have to jump out and they use a, a life raft, and they end up. Uh, sliding down mountains in India. I need to watch more films that contain skydives because I haven't seen... I've seen that film, I think. I've seen a few Indiana Joneses, but I can't remember which ones. I had an Indiana Jones fact, which probably big Indiana Jones fans are aware of, but in terms of we were talking about people you would cast or cast you know, instead of, um, that Harrison Ford wasn't the originally cast um, member for, to play, play the character. It was actually Tom Selleck. Yeah. And he turned it down because he wanted to do Magnum P.I. I never knew that. Yeah. Harrison Ford made the right choice. Yeah. Well, you can't imagine it now not being Harrison no. Ford, can you? Harrison Ford is so old now, though. <laughs> That's what happens, you know. The Spy Who Loved Me, which is obviously a very funny James Bond start sequence where he, um, Roger Moore manages to disappear and fly for a uh, somewhere in the uh, snowy territories of a mountainside 
with a uh, parachute that's got the Union Jack on it and then kicks in with Nobody Does It Better. Oh, Very yeah, cheesy. That is, that is good. Good but old cheesy funny. original oh. Bond. See, and then you've got the other one, the other Roger Moore one of Moonraker, where yeah. he's fighting off two baddies, Jaws, and I can't remember who the other one is. Just some of the just ra- random victim, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good, going. I don't, yeah. You still not I actually don't, I don't like James Bond, really. I don't, I'm not into it. It's not my thing. That's fair enough. I know a lot of people who don't. I mean, we did talk last week about recasting it as Jane Bond. <laughs> then, I might, then I might watch it, but... <laughs> I just... It's okay. I'm never sure what's going on in a lot of them. Especially the last one. The last one was very good, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Not compared to Skyfall. Uh, Spectre. Spectre, yeah. Skyfall I did enjoy okay. it, actually. And I didn't enjoy Skyfall all that much. I so I still thought it was good. I, I like all the, the Daniel Craig Bond films. But um, I just Even thought... Even Quantum that, of Solace. Yeah, I do. I, just, I think it's just him. He's just Bond for me. Um, but for me, Skyfall was great at the start, and then it just got a bit silly. Yeah. And maybe a little bit more how they used to be, I suppose, a bit more tongue and cheek and stuff. But it just didn't work from the way it had been gritty before. And I think Spectre was a bit more back in the Daniel Craig camp of the original Bonds. But maybe that was just because I hadn't been out for a long time. <laughs> I was just pleased <laughs> to get out of the house. She was on a big trip. Yeah. Yeah, man. So cool. what, what about the uh, your view on was this Harry Potter yeah. yes. that you wanted to so recast? I or? love Harry Potter. It's one of my favourite things. I once considered getting a Harry Potter tattoo. I got a whole sleeve drawn up, decided not to go with it. But that's how much I love it. Anyway, so in the Prisoner of Azkaban, the third book and film. Hermione gets a time turner and I have a real issue with this because she just goes back to save the hippogriff um, and a free Sirius Black I think okay so she's got a time turner guys why why doesn't she go all the way back and kill Tom Riddle (laughs) who later becomes Voldemort because that would just save everyone a lot of hassle like Joe could have stopped there she didn't have to write another four books <laughs> like she didn't need to get a whole franchise she could have just had a trilogy <laughs> Harry Potter didn't need to steal all the glory Hermione could have gone back in time and does she and... use the time turner in the next yeah, no she doesn't use it again the time turner miraculously just disappears she could have saved Sirius Black from dying you know but no she Dumbledore the, yeah Dumbledore well uh, like Snape all of them but I don't know, maybe Hermione's not like careless. I don't know what she did with it. It's not explained. <laughs> so that's what I would change anyway. I think that um, that's that's a plot change for me. Um, but I know that you'd recast. Yeah, I've, I've always had a bit of an issue with Daniel Radcliffe playing um, Harry. Because um, I read the books first. I read them yeah. to a, a, a child and um, quite enjoyed them and then when the films came out felt like I wanted to kind of see see what it's see what it was like and I always find films a bit disappointing if you've read the books first and yeah. I think when you've read the books you've got a really clear view of characters and that in your head and what they look like and I can't quite put my finger on it but he just wasn't what I was expecting from Harry and I think in the first couple he's just so 
pathetic and mm. I just don't like the main character. That's why I really struggled with the films, even though I still think they were quite good films. I just struggled with him as a character. I didn't care about him as a character, so kind of, yeah, kind of ruined it for he me. He is really. quite pathetic, isn't he? Mm. I, I, I'm a what? <laughs> You're a wizard, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously. And I think Hermione is the much stronger character in it. So, yeah. yeah, for me, it's just, they are good films, but it was just the casting of the actor. I can't, I was trying to think who I would put in his place, and I, I'm not sure I have a, an alternative, but just for me, he just he isn't quite the Harry in the book. Yeah, he's not quite there. He needs to be a bit more rough. Yeah. A bit more of a tramp. <laughs> a bit more of a tramp. A bit more robust as well. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like a child Russell Brand or something. Like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. A bit cheeky with it as well as yeah, yeah. that would yeah. be much better. What's the other film he's in? Woman in Black. Yeah, yeah. that's a good oh, film, yeah. that is. That, is that, was, that was a bit good. creepy. Yeah, it's but actually I, quite scary. But it's I thought, good. again, he was miscast in that. I was yeah, me too. I just thought mm. he was a bit it's too just young him to for be. Me. I just, yeah, just then he did more of a man, that. really, then he was still quite. Yeah. I'm a what? Yeah. Um, <laughs> in that, so. I saw the um, production in London, oh, and that is really, yeah, really That's creepy, scary, yeah. really creepy, and it's at the older, the older theatre, I forget the name of, and um, yeah, they make the room very cold as well, and uh, you get a blast of air around your feet and stuff at some parts of it, and it's very, it really, they try to play on your mind with the rocking chair and stuff, it was very creepy, it was good. And, and was again, it scary? Were you yeah, vomiting? yeah, I kind of enjoyed oh, it a lot more than the, than, than the film. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely worth it. Oh, that's definitely good. worth it. Oh, it's it's really scary. good. My friends have seen it. Yeah, oh, it sort of stays with you afterwards. It's mm. one of those where you think, oh, we got a bit of a chill. Mm-hmm. Definitely good, worth going to see. Oh, cool. Yeah, Susan Hill wrote it, didn't she? Mm. The old film is much better than the new film. I think the original Woman in Black film. Yeah, I haven't seen the original it's film. I'll have to go back yeah. and watch that. No, that's interesting because the new one only just got a twelve. They had to make quite a few cuts to get it down to oh, a twelve. Yeah. It was like original pass. It was like too scary. They had to. Yeah, do quite a few it, changes. Yeah. <laughs> so. Woman in Black 2 is not very good though. Oh, not? I haven't even bothered seeing no. it. I don't tend to watch many sequels, to be no. honest. No. There's not many good ones. No. Maybe we should look at that as a topic. Epic sequels. Yeah, because you've got your obvious choices, haven't you? You've got <laughs> Aliens, which is great. You've got Empire Strikes Back. You've got The Godfather Part 2. Yeah, so there'll be, but there'll be, a... but there'll be others. Toy Story. Well, Toy Story, you could argue that Toy Story is the greatest trilogy of all time in terms of sheer consistency. Mm. Hello, Pixar. Can't wait for Finding Dory. Yes. (laughs) Early reviews for that are really good. Well, it's got my leader in it, Ellen DeGeneres, so it's always going to be great. (laughs) My leader. (laughs) Let's talk about why there's so many silver cars <laughs> this is another story well another question that's come up from the Guardian this morning a uh, question in their reader forum just why aren't there so many silver cars on the roads I am going to google this right now yeah thoughts on silver cars does anyone have a fil- silver car in the room yes yeah, I do have a silver car does it is it because it's one of the options that you can you usually get colour option free yes. you don't have to pay for an upgrade yeah. in colour and people don't want to convert yeah well, my understanding is a lot of manufacturers would automatically start with a certain set number of colour palettes because they've probably bought enough of it in bulk to make it 
that I can give it away for free. But why do people choose a silver car out of all the colours? I think, I don't know actually. So when I got my car, which is a lease car, it was cheaper to get it in red. Um, but I didn't want a red car. And then it was just between white and blue. I don't think silver was an option, but if it was, I don't think I would have chosen silver. Yeah, with my car, silver was more expensive. It was black or white, or black or white. And then silver was more expensive. Yeah, I think black or white is definitely the more the current trend. And it can be matte as well, whereas silver often has to be metallic. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I'm not sure I like silver cars. Like, no offense. <laughs> taken. It's, it's a just car. a random question on the uh, Guardian forum. If you feel the need to, uh, I've got one. Yeah, we were just you. representing Dale, by the way, by <laughs> yeah, mentioning the Guardian. Here. Dale's so, not here today. Somebody said, back in the 80s, 90s, most cars were blue or maroon, or other colours like that. So this is obviously very scientific. The only silver ones were flashy Mercedes or BMWs. Dot, dot, dot. Sorry, people associate silver with swisher cars. Is that what it is? People think it's a bit posh, posh to pimp your car. There are silver. no silver balls on a snooker table, so you are less likely to be stopped by the police than when driving red, yellow, green, brown, green, <laughs> or black. White is even better. As a copper stopping a white car would be a foul shot. Or was that all an urban myth? I'm going to put my phone down now. Um, I think <laughs> the intellect is on the uh, yeah. internet. Well, yeah. There you go. That was the random question of the week. Yeah. So with that, just let us know on our Facebook page what colour your car. <sighs> colour of cars. Oh, Foot face. <laughs> Don't. Foot face. you start me off. Um, my partner Dan's got this theory that Sarah Jessica Parker's face looks like a foot and Hannah found a picture of her on the internet with a foot for a face. She does look like a foot. You need to put this on our Facebook page. <laughs> Every time I see it, this is a genuine reaction as well. This oh is what God. Honestly, so um, actually, just while we're on Sarah Jessica Parker, as I've grown up, uh, one of the things that I've really learned in life is that really bad friends. She's really not a nice character. I don't She's like a really bad person. Parker very much. Well, no. She's not very nice in Hocus Pocus. <laughs> oh, she's got a face like a foot in that as well. <laughs> yeah, that song. Yeah. Come, little children, yeah. I'll take the. You do, do realise that it's like acting, so she's probably actually really nice in reality. Mm, I don't know. There's a reason she gets like a foot. She's quite hot in Hocus Pocus, but yeah, she still does look like a foot. We'll post the picture. Yeah, well, we need to see that. You've got to post that picture now, Hannah. You've got to find the foot. Um, I can find it. I've got it saved on my phone. Amazing, amazing. Yeah. which I want to know, this is another question of the week, how does she manage to keep her costume up? If you've seen many of the picture, many of the picture of well, comics. Her ability the is to manipulate is... the fabric of reality, so it's not. Yeah, ma- manipulate the fabric, fabric of her body, yeah, it's impossible. If you tried uh-huh. to do a cosplay of the Scarlet Witch, I think I'd get arrested. Fantastic. Have <laughs> <laughs> you seen it? Hold on, I'm going to look. Scarlet Witch. We'll, we'll post some pictures of that for you as well. She wears a coat. No, no not in the, not the, the, the ones version. that I've seen. Put in cosplay. Not in the movie version, definitely not. <laughs> oh my god. See what I mean? Defies all sorts of gravity. Hannah's got a new favourite superhero now. She's <laughs> gone off V. She's moving on to Scarlet Witch. She's got tit tape on. I think she's got a bit more than tit tape. Like, but double sided tit tape, not just covering cover her nipples <laughs> to get the costume stick on. Mm. There's some serious scaffolding going on in some parts. This one's rubbish. That's, that's a poor shape, that. 
Put it away, mate. <laughs> Put it away. Amazing. Oh, God. I need to do a YouTube video of this. <laughs> She's hanging out a little bit now. Whoa. <laughs> you, you do. We Five. can help you. We will train you. We will train you, Amy. I um, like millennials and I like baby boomers, but which one's better? Is there any way to settle it? <laughs> Epic rap battle! Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> We're going to have to make that as a suggestion. A millennial rap would win. battle. Uh, hello, we've got the Sugar Hill gang on our side. He may have Eminem or whatever. you haven't heard me do salt and pepper. That's all. I'm uh, saying. We've got Run DMC. I know a Run DMC. Run, not rum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I meant rum. to say run. Maybe I was thinking about the weekend. <laughs> rum DMC. D- the Run DMC. Just get rid of that. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm definitely keeping it in. It's, it's very entertaining. Anyway. Let's talk about the film that you saw, me before you. So me. Amy has seen it as well. Yeah. So go on, Amy, give us a review of me before you. I was pleasantly surprised. I haven't read the book, and I know often people say the uh, books are better than the film, but I've heard good things that it is just as good as the book. I thought Amelia Clark was fantastic for the role. I don't think she even really had to act. I think that's what she's like as a person normally. Um, it was also not as sad as I thought, which was quite nice, unless I'm just a bit cold-hearted. I didn't cry too much, although there was a few sobs in the audience. Um, I don't want to... It's quite hard to tell you what happens without really giving it away. Essentially... So what's the synopsis? What's the a synopsis? plot synopsis? Amelia Clark comes from a family that's struggling a little bit, and that she needs to work to support, help support her sisters and her mum and her dad. She loses her job in a little cafe, so finds a job... It's kind of like a local estate, big posh house type thing. Um, the couple who own it's son was a bit of a wild sports, dangerous sports fanatic in his day and broke, got hit by a motorbike and broke his back and was paralysed from the waist down. Neck from the down. Neck down. Um, so she gets employed to look after him and it basically follows their relationship as it kind of grows and he accepts her into his life. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's a great little story. But yeah. it's sad. It and I I'm quite emotional like when it comes to films, you know, Titanic still. <laughs> that was on the other day. Yeah, great film. Oh, and my. No, it's not. It's awful. Titanic no, it's is terrible. Fantastic. It's fantastic. It's been a pleasure playing with you tonight, boy. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Shall we do one more? Yeah. Yeah, fantastic film. Anyway, and um you know, so yeah, I get emotional. The notebook again makes me emotional deep down. I'm, you know. But so there's a scene in the film where she's telling him basically that she loves him. They never actually tell each other that they love no. each other, which I think is kind of nice. But anyway, and it starts to go all tits up as these films do. And I started to get a bit teary, and my friend who was sat next to me in the cinema um, was shaking. Yeah, um, my friend Because was. she was crying so much. Um, she had to reach into her bag for her tissues and was making noises kind of like <laughs> and I couldn't stop laughing then it kind of ruined the end of the film for me because I was in hysterics and everyone else around me was, was crying um, but I'd, I'd recommend to watch I'd it I'd recommend it yeah I'd give, I'd give it like probably like a 6.5 out of 10 yeah even maybe a little bit more yeah, instead of stars, I'd I think, give it three lesbians. I think in the style of Amber, it'd be, it'd be my sort of film where 
they could have uh, sort of improved it with a bit more unnecessary shooting in the meeting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just it's just it's it is one of those, like, you have to kind of go and accept that it's going to be one of those oh, films. I don't think yeah. I'll go see it. It's just not me. I, th- I like a bit of murder. I'm very eclectic with my music, with my uh, film taste, so I think, you know, I can watch it. Because it's taken yeah. quite a bit of, uh, of heat, hasn't it, from disabled campaigners? Really? Yeah, because yeah. of Sam Claffin, who plays the love interest, if I'm right. Yeah, he's the, the disabled guy. And a lot of disabled actors have said, why didn't you cast somebody who was yeah. disabled? Why did you have to... I think in this sort of case, perhaps they should have. However, there are other things that you could question in the film without ruining it you could just edit this out but mm. e- euthanasia mm. is another key thing in there so you know so it's I got sp- a darker edge to it as well well, I spoke, well we don't have to keep this in but I spoke to my friend about it um, and she was like oh what's it about and I said so basically they fall in love you guys aren't going to watch it are you no mm. cold so, day now before I watch this show um, <laughs> so basically like I said to, I gave my friend a brief synopsis of they fell in love and she was like wanted to change his life and wanted him because he tried to kill himself previously promises his parents that he's going to live for another six months and then he's going to go to switzerland um and be euthanized because this isn't his life so the parents essentially hire her don't they so that to to try and give him something to live for i guess and to change his mind um, and she isn't supposed to know this, but overhears conversations, and so she takes him on holiday, puts all this effort in, wastes her time basically, yeah. because yeah. in the end he kills himself. He, he you know, they go to Switzerland, and and um, yeah, she's with him while he dies, and his parents are there, and it's all very sad. But um, what, what my friend said, well, so does this teach you then that it's okay? Mm. That it's okay to go and be euthanized, and that d- disabled people don't have anything to live for, and there's that whole side of it. Um, I'm of the belief that it's fine. Yeah, I didn't really read too much into it. I think in the film, he's very much like, I'm not who I was, this isn't the person that I want to be, so I want to die. Whether that's a good role model or not, mm. then for people who are, you know, who suffer life changing. Injuries. Yeah. So basically. That's something to edit out anyway. It's a bit deep. She, <laughs> she gets she she gets introduced. They fall in love, and then she kills him. Well, she doesn't kill him. She goes with him while he's euthanized in Switzerland. I mean, was there any, um, you know, what is love, baby? Don't hurt me. Playing in the background as the needle was going in, or the gas in, or was it was it death by electric shock, or did they you know let him run over by a bus? How? All you saw, the all you saw was his hand, anything. and then he was gone. You just yeah. saw his hand, so did he go? Ooh. No, 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 no. <laughs> it was very emotional. Okay, yes. it was super. Well, it wasn't really, was it for you? Because you were too busy wetting yourself as your friend was crying with laughter. Yeah, crying. yeah. Afterwards, oh, afterwards, my friend was just like, "Can you do? I just can't imagine if that were to happen in real life." And I was like, "It's fictional. It's fine. It's fine." Yeah, anyway. It wasn't as sad as My Sister's Keeper. That really got me. Oh, God. That's totally different from the book as well. Oh, oh yeah, that is completely different from mm-hmm. the book, isn't it? Yeah, I've never read it. So the book's very good. good. Is that Cameron Diaz in the film? My Sister's Keeper, yeah, Cameron Diaz. She's and very good in that. Abigail Breslin is... Is she the sickly daughter, or is she the daughter who refuses to have surgery to the save her sister? Daughter. The girl who refuses to have surgery is the girl from My Little Sister. Uh, Little Miss Sunshine. Sunshine. Yeah, she's that's a, Abigail Brenston. Which is great. Uh, she's yeah. a great actress, actually. She's a good actress. 
Yeah. I love her in um, Zombieland. I love Zombieland. Oh, Zombieland, brilliant film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wanted to talk a little bit about the show I'm watching on Netflix at the moment, which is Voltron. I don't know if anybody's seen it appear in their timelines at the moment. Um, really good. So Voltron was like a cartoon from the 80s. It's a bit like Transformers. Yeah, it is. And uh, Japanese uh, anime always has a big fixation on mechs. So by mechs, it's just like giant robots fighting each other. So have you seen Pacific Rim? No. No? No. So Pacific Rim is is hilariously stupid. It makes no sense. Giant robots hitting giant aliens. Wow. Which is yeah, just Yeah, it wasn't a massive film, film either. Uh, and Voltron's not quite like that, but it basically performs a giant mech who then fights aliens. And I've been watching it on Netflix, uh, and it's pretty good. Is it worth a watch? Yeah, I mean, the first episode is about an hour, and then the rest are about 30 minutes long. But it's basically about the story about this alien race who went into hibernation, and Voltron was their creation designed to protect it. And they were in this, previously they were in this war with this other alien race who have since this sort of leadership people went to sleep, have taken over large chunks of the galaxy, they've mined it, they've killed lots of genocide, that type of thing, yeah. and they're getting closer and closer to Earth, and these five uh, sort of trainee cadets from Earth get brought into this bigger battle, and they become the uh, paladins of Voltron, and each of the Voltron, basically Voltron is made up of five lines, and each oh, line's right. got a slightly different personality. It's like Power Rangers, but the original. Yeah. Oh, wow, okay. How much cooler. <laughs> it's out, it, it is better. It is better. It's, re- it's worth a watch. Like I say, half an hour, just just give it a good go. I would recommend it. I think it's currently got about four, four and a half stars out of five on average at the moment We're on Netflix. So not that, that means anything because you get some real crap on there that gets really good mm. rating as well, don't you? I'll give it a go. Give it a shot. So, that was our last topic. Has anybody got any anybody got anything else they want to talk about this week? I'm eating my mango. I was just going to mention the Comic Con that we do. Yeah, um, please do. That's all right. So, just mentioning that the Leamington Comic Con, for those of you that are local to or fancy travelling up to Warwickshire, not until March next year, but on the 25th of March um, 2017, uh, Lemon Comic Con will be back. Um, we're going to be at the Spa Centre this time, so a bigger venue, um, lots more independent writers and illustrators, as well as some big names. We did have David Lloyd, Fika Vendetta, um, last year, so hopefully we'll have a few more big names as well. Um, lots of cosplay for those of you that like dressing up, um, but lots of things for families and kids to get involved with as well. Um, £10 a ticket, or free for anyone under 13 and you can buy your tickets on the Spa Centre website. I'll drop a link on the Facebook page. Come and give us a like and help us share it as well. Yeah. Be great. Be very, very cool. And hopefully we'll do a live podcast there if we can. And Sounds try and talk good. to people around the day and do lots of little videos and all that type of stuff because we really want to bring the podcast to you, the dear listeners. Because <laughs> that's what it's wow. all about. We're also going to do a little uh, competition um, for people who like us and subscribe on youtube and also like our facebook page so we're going to come with like a mystery box of goodies of geeky nerdy stuff um i'm going to raid my vault of of things that i've got that i think will be pretty cool and then all we'd ask you to do is uh, once you've liked and subscribed to those channels 
we'll enter you into a prize draw and then we'll announce the winner, send you the stuff and then we just want you to take some pics of the stuff you get it and just let us know what you think. Um, don't worry, it's not all going to be Duff stuff, I promise. Some pretty cool things in there. That brings an end to this week's show. Cool. So let's let's just do Twitter handles just so that everybody knows who people are. So if you want to follow Hannah on Twitter or read her blog, you can follow Hannah at... Hanra, which is H-A-N-R-U-H. Yeah, come over to Twitter, which I don't actually really use. <laughs> <laughs> but you will do more. You will which do. I will do. I should do to share my blogs on, but um, yeah. I'm also a bit bad with Twitter, but I'm starting to get back on it. And it is Amy Lang, which is A-M-Y-Y-L-A-N-G-E. Cool. You can follow me at either at Lem Comic Con or at Nerds with a Z Bird on Twitter. And I am at The First Bat. And we'll give Dale a shout out, even though he's not here. So that's Dale MC underscore as well. So thanks for listening and we'll speak to you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.